we were super poor college kids and we are, um, our honeymoon was in Fort Davis, Texas, which is like <laughs> the middle of nowhere. Um, and as we were driving back, you know, the 12 million hours, I got this idea in my head and my husband is a cowboy. I mean, like Wrangler butt, starch jeans, you know, he always looks really good and put together. And even now he's like the sexiest man I've ever seen or met in my life. Um, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'm sitting, you know, kind of ogling him for those hours thinking, hmm, hero material. Welcome to Steam Scenes, the podcast about... Wait, hold on. Sure, sex is, well, sexy, but it's also sassy, and it's silly, and it's fun. Hi, I'm El Greco, and I write steamy romance. On my podcast, Steam Scenes, I'm joined by my fellow romance authors for some explosive, <laughs> see what I did there? Conversations on writing all the naughty bits. Sit back, relax, and join us for some scintillating conversation on Steam Scenes. Today's guest is Sasha Summers. Sasha grew up surrounded by books. Her passions have always been storytelling, romance, and travel. Passion, passions she uses when writing. I can't speak today. <laughs> I'm like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now a best-selling and award-winning author, Sasha continues to fall a little in love with each hero she writes. From Easy on the Eyes, Cowboys, Oh, here's a good one. Sexy alpha male. I couldn't do that before. I was practicing and I kept tripping over alpha male. Werewolves. To heroes of truly mythic proportions, she believes that everyone should have their happy ending in fiction and real life. Sasha lives in the suburbs of the Texas Hill Country with her amazing and supportive family. Welcome to Steam Scenes, Sasha. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here. And I promise I won't trip over anything else. Uh, no, oh. that's a lie. I probably will. I like, don't <laughs> worry about it. I am always tripping over my words. So that's a total lie. <laughs> so, Actually, it's not. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so, okay. When did you realize that you wanted to become a writer? Well, I was one of those Girl Scout kids, and we had to do a creative writing project, and it was a play, and it was about um, Greek mythology, because I've always been obsessed, and that was kind of it. So I guess I was around 11 and 12. Oh, wow. Um, and just loved... I mean, I guess I could say it was a compulsive liar, and it translated <laughs> into writing... <laughs> But we'll just say I've always loved to tell stories because that sounds way better. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what stuff were you? do you lie about? Like, <laughs> Let's get into that. What do you lie about? Tell me um, all about it. I am one of those people that is like Pollyanna to the nth degree. If you follow me on social media, I'm like, woohoo, life is great. Happy, perky, perky. Because, you know, I think people have certain expectations. Um but I'm a Gemini and I have Ooh. a dark side. So Ooh. we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, obviously you're Greek. I mean, I don't think that your Greek mythology play sort of had, you know, heaving bosoms or no. did it? No, okay. <laughs> it did not. It did not. It had a, a cardboard cutout flying Pegasus. That was the extent of the kind of, I don't know, 
experiential part of it and it didn't have heaving bosoms. <laughs> so when did when did you sort of discover the romance genre? Oh gosh. Um I think I'm pretty typical in that my grandmother had the stash, you know, okay. and then you find yep. it. Um and then kind of segued into like the Barbara Cartlands, which I'm just saying made my first kiss a true disappointment. Just saying. Um, oh, really? Know, there were no angels and like trumpets and bells and all this stuff. No, none of that happened. Um. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I want to unpack this for yes, a second. Yes, <laughs> This is great. So you have your first kiss uh-huh. and like rainbows did not appear. Unicorns no. did not come no. galloping. No. What, like, what was your kind of like immediate reaction to that? Were you just like, thank you and good night? Like, how do you? Okay, I was super young. I'm just going to throw that out there because I okay. actually married him so um (laughs) we met when we were better and better yeah (laughs) we were um high school sweeties and so it was freshman year of high school we were 14 and um I just had totally been crushing on him but he was kind of I don't know a little egotistical um and so he kind of hyped himself up and I was like eh you know I'm just saying some of my books were way more exciting than this. So, but he got much better. Clearly he's going to hate me if he ever hears this. Um, but <laughs> I'm glad he got better for your sake. Yes, me too. Me too. But you know, now that was like almost, oh my God, 30 years ago. So yeah. Wow. Um, he got better, obviously. <laughs> wow. You married your high school sweetheart. I did. I That's did. wild. That's it is. Really wild. <laughs> So you've been together for 30 years. Yeah. So like That's since amazing. 14, that should say a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That really does. There's some longevity there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I always joke because it's like, you know, obviously my personal experience has been fairly limited. Um, So writing romance has given me this whole alternative life because, you know, I mean, same guy since I was 14. So there's that. Right. <laughs> Well, you know, it's really sort of interesting. I had just, I've, I've finished reading like just last week, this sort of surprisingly good book mm-hmm. um, uh, called The Course of Love. Okay. And it is basically about a marriage or a relationship from like first kiss or first meet through like marriage and kids and you know and sort of like and I was reading through it and I was like oh my god like nobody writes romance novels about the middle yeah yeah you know which can be you know kind of like I mean actually as writers we do this we go through this all the time with our book that icky pain in the ass middle that we can never sort of slog and it's not romantic Yeah, yeah yeah and so and I was like reading this and I was like oh man you know, to have that perspective of, but, you know, but then you kind of miss out on the, the first blush of romance, which I think is what everybody kind yeah. of wants to read, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But it was pretty fascinating to kind of read this book and be like, oh, wow, to actually trace it, trace it through and see the ups and downs. That was no, I, cool. I'm now very curious. I've written that down. So yeah, check it out. It's, a, it's a good book. It is not at all like, um, like if you're a huge fan of genre fiction, mm-hmm. like this is like way more kind of, I guess, literary. So <laughs> it's not my normal typical read. So so if you're like totally into like, you know, genre fiction, you're probably not going to dig it. I had to read it for a class. So right. I was like, but I, <laughs> but I ended up being completely enthralled and being like, oh, I wonder if, but then I was like, probably not because... 
That's so great that you enjoyed it because I hate assigned reading when you're like, oh my God, I'm literally having to plod through it, you know, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I was like, oh boy, this, I have to tell you when I read the description, I was like, oh God, this sounds painful. And then I was like, and then I was like, oh, it's actually quite good. So anyway. So that's good. So what? So as a writer, mm-hmm. like when? Okay, how old were you when you like wrote your first serious? I mean, I mean, a serious. I'm going to use quotes around that. Um. Yeah. Right. Um. So we married super young. Uh, we were 18, and oh I remember. <laughs> not not because babies. we had to. That's the other thing. But I wish they're out there. Babies. Yeah. You were babies. <laughs> we were. We were babies. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, but I remember we, we were super poor college kids and we are, um, our honeymoon was in Fort Davis, Texas, which is like (laughs) the middle of nowhere. Um, and as we were driving back, you know, the 12 million hours, I got this idea in my head and my husband is a cowboy. I mean, like Wrangler, butt, starch jeans, you know, he always looks really good and put together. And even now he's like the sexiest man I've ever seen or met in my life. Um, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so I'm sitting, you know, kind of ogling him for those hours thinking, Hmm, hero material. And it was this really atrocious, uh, historical Western that no one will ever read. Um, but I finished it. Amazing, and yeah. so you were—you basically were inspired by your husband. Yes. Definitely. Wow, wow! At eighteen, <laughs> amazing. So, when did you sort of end up doing it professionally? Um, gosh, it was much later. So, okay. I guess I officially was published in 2012, and I was writing um, for about two years before that, like totally focused, you know, really intensely, um, and setting the, the, the story structure per se and the industry and, um, going to the conferences, you know, kind of feeling out what's what and how to really succeed because I knew I loved writing, but I also knew that I needed it to be a job, you know? Right, 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 right. And did you always know you were going to write romance or were you like looking into other genres or were you thinking about, you know, like, was it always romance? For always you? romance. Definitely. Really? Really? Yeah. Just what, that what happy at the end. I think yeah. uh, life is just too hard. <laughs> so I think that there is that huge comfort, you know, no matter what the genre, how dark your PNR is or your erotica, whatever, there's that sense of hope that I think especially right now, to throw that out there, um, we all really appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know that you write, well, first of all, your catalog is enormous. How many books do you have out? <laughs> um, my 26 just came out. Holy shit. That's so crazy. <laughs> and you're, and you're totally prolific. Like you have, like, you've got your shifters, yeah. you've got your cowboys, you've got, you know, mythic heroes yeah. and your heat levels Yes, are like, you know, you have like super high heat levels, yeah. you have sweet, rom- like what? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a problem. If I could go <laughs> back, I probably would have other pen names because, okay. you know, I would hate for someone who picks up one of my super sweet ones to pick up a not super sweet one. Uh, but the great thing is about my my publishers is that there's not a huge confusion level with the titles. I mean, like really? Seducing the Best Man, Christmas in His Bed. I mean, you kind of get 
the vibe. <laughs> right, right. But still, I mean, I would assume like fans of you, like yeah. your writing would sort of like dig into any book that you write and might yes. be a little, oh, surprised. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. And um, I have some amazing loyal fans and I have posted out there, hey guys, how would you feel if I started writing this under this name? And all of them are like, you know, you've, you've built this brand. We know who you are. We know that you write across, but right. for new readers, I do worry. I do worry a lot. So <laughs> I've been thinking maybe on my webpage, I should do like G P G R by the title, you know, just oh, to kind, kind of, of break it down or yeah. like, if you're into like, you know, G rated go yeah, here. If you're exactly. to go here. That's <laughs> not a bad idea. Maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it. I just don't want to lose a reader because of that, you know, Right. So, so why do you sort of jump around with the different heat levels in particular? Well, um, I have learned over the years that to be traditionally published, oftentimes you have to write what they're looking for. And um, right. so that's translated. Some of my initial books were stuff that I really felt passionately about. My Greek mythology series, I adore, but nobody would touch it. So that's why it's indie. Um, and for me, that just translated naturally into a high heat level because I just consider them super passionate. Whereas now, um, sweet is just on the rise. It's incredible. The, the numbers, again, I think people are just looking for that little warm, safe, fuzzies of sweetness um I am too <laughs> so it's not a huge stretch but it is different because uh, sometimes my characters will definitely be like oh just throw her against the wall she really wants it <laughs> and I can't do that so um, you like no we're sweet <laughs> that's right it's like no you can just look at each other and maybe brush pinkies but that's it well, now, is it really that extreme on sweet? Because I know, like, I always feel like even within sweet, there's, mm -hmm. there are also levels. I don't read a whole lot of it, though. So, yeah. I mean, like, you know, kind of, I'm coming to this kind of. No, I, mean, I would agree. Stupid. I would agree. There are the, the sweet where there's actually sex, but it's not on the page. Right. Then there's the sweet where it's literally kind of Barbara Cartland-esque and that it's like the kiss at the end. Yeah. Or the Hallmark sweet, I guess, would be a more current term. Um, and. I've been writing, I guess, the last two books, the um, Sweetheart series, super sweet. Uh, I think maybe two kisses in the whole book. And wow. yeah, it's different for me because two other books that I released this year, they both had sex on the page. Um, right. So yeah. I mean, is there, I mean, it, I mean, this is probably going to be like, choose your favorite kid, <laughs> but is there... <laughs> But let's ask anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> is there one that you prefer? Like, do you prefer it? Is there one you prefer one method of writing, whether it's sweet or steamier? Or are you just like, I, nah, just you enjoy I writing? I do prefer a little bit of sensuality. Um, I okay. just feel like we're, that's an instinct, you know? And so I'm right. kind of an instinctual writer. And frequently my characters just go there, um, which I know sounds really airy-fairy, but it's true. Um, so the sweet isn't natural for me. And there will be scenes where I'm like, okay, you got to rein it in a little bit. But people have really responded and enjoyed them. And so that's incentive for me to keep going. So when you're writing the sweet, mm -hmm. it sounds like you find yourself like writing in the scene and then you're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, totally. Really? 
Totally. This last one, um, Pumpkin Patch Sweethearts. I mean, it's that sweet, the title. Um, <laughs> he, he is a coach, right? And okay. he's there's like two different times in the book where he totally would have, you know, gone for it. Um, so in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is totally what would happen. And she would be like, woo, and it would be awesome. But no. This is hot, and then you're like, "Yeah, yeah. But I can't do it." We're <laughs> so just gonna stare at her really intensely, and she's gonna get tingly and leave. And it's like, "Oh, here's a marketing idea. <laughs> <laughs> you should write those scenes, and then have oh them gosh. like just like a mailing list incentive. If you want to read the dirty is bits? Amazing. I'll Cut send scenes, them to right? you. Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> if you want to open the door, <laughs> join my mailing list and I'll send you the I'll send I you the naughty that. bit. I might have to use that. <laughs> oh my god, you can totally use that free free marketing advice right that's here. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. This is so fun. So I'm guessing when you wrote your first romance, well actually like I want to go far far back to yeah. like, the Western cowboy romance. Did you have steamy scenes in that I did I had so many I mean I the book was almost the size of a ream of paper I wrote it on a brother word processor you know one of those ancient yes. dinosaurs with yes. the floppy disk mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so it was that little tiny screen yes. that was like, just a, like yes. you could only see like one sentence yeah. at a time basically I not even mm. believe you wrote a book on that that's amazing. well and that's probably why it was like nine million pages <laughs> Because I didn't see it until it was printed. And I was like, oh, my God, there's like 12 sex scenes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Well done. <laughs> so do you remember, like, for you, like, what, what was it like to write that first one, the very first one? Oh, it was so amazing. We were at college. And so um, I remember doing it at night, really late. And I was playing the... Enya Watermark tape and that. the soundtrack to Last of the Mohicans. Oh my God. <laughs> the guy on the other side of the wall was a professor. So when it hit about 2 a.m., he would knock on the wall so I would turn it off the music. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. It was, but I got so caught up in it that I just, didn't realize how late it was or any of that stuff. Um, right. Her name was Elizabeth and his name was Shane. Guess what my husband's name is? Shane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is So how long in between your very first 18 year old you writing uh -huh. and then your next book? Oh gosh. I had four children. So in between. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. baby was, I guess probably about three. Um, when I, and he just turned 18. So a long time. Um, and, but once that started, uh, that was it. I couldn't stop. And I was in Dallas and I had read this article in a little local magazine for uh, Diana Cosby. She, who wrote, um, Scottish historicals. Anyway, she turned out to be local and oh. me being this kind of naive, oh, Pollyanna again. Um, I emailed her and I was like, Hey, I just read your article. I'm just starting out. What would you recommend? And she was this rock star. And she was like, 
I'm going to go to the Dallas area romance authors meeting. Want to come with me? I will take you. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's lovely. Um, she was amazing. And I walked into that room and people like Elizabeth Essex and um, Jay Wells and all these people that I had been reading were like there and I was freaking out, <laughs> um, but they were amazing. And that was kind of this segue into this other world. So there was a, a very long time between <laughs> like the first book and next book. And d- did it feel any differently when you sat down to write the first intimate scene after all of this time? Yes. It, it was a different feeling. Yeah. Because, oh, you know, I, I was a mom. Right. You know, gosh, not to get too personal, but, you know, when you're with somebody for a long time, things change. It's just all of it is very different. And you're not 18 anymore, you know. And right. when you're 18, it, there's still that kind of idealistic kind of thing. Um, so I think that it was much more honest. Uh, yeah. And I think... When I write a sex scene, and this might be TMI, I do want to feel, you know, titillated. If it's not making me kind of go, hmm, then I'm not doing a good job. So that was something else I was very aware of when I wrote that book. As a woman with four children that was tired, I want to make sure I still got a little buzz, you know? No, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, honestly, I think that that's the best time to be writing them as you're a mom of four and you're exhausted and you're just like, I really just want to go to bed, but oh my God, I can't because this has got me very excited. Exactly. That's a good task. That's a really good task. (laughs) So apart from your husband, right? Mm -hmm. Where do you find your inspiration? Because you have been married for so long or is it just all him? It's pretty much all him. I mean, I'm surrounded by a lot of really great people. You know, my parents Mm -hmm. were married for 43 years, then divorced late in life. My mom found somebody. My dad found somebody. So, I mean, love has just always been a part of the way I grew up, which I'm very lucky for that. Um, So, yeah, I like to watch people. I like to listen to people. And that's huge inspiration in of itself, right? right. Um, and I have lived a very lucky, blessed life as far as challenges. So um, listening to other people has definitely helped keep my worldview open and okay. not so Pollyanna. But, um, right. but yeah, a lot of it is just him. <laughs> I absolutely love that he can, after 30 years, like he still can inspire you. He also makes me want to run over him with a truck. I'm just going to throw that out there because I love him, (laughs) but we're keeping it real. Okay. They wouldn't be our spouses if we didn't want to run them over. Exactly. Exactly. Now I would say that would happen to him. If this is going to sound like a murder confession. So, you know, (laughs) we say that with love. That's right. That's right. Okay. Do you have a process for writing the steamy scene? Like, okay, you know what? Let me back up a minute. Yeah. Do you ever struggle with writing them? Because this podcast started because nine times out of 10, when I sit down to write my steamy scene, mm-hmm. I, it takes me like all day to get mm-hmm. oh, yeah. 200 words out. I am just like slow as molasses yes. and it is kind of ridiculous. And so I'm curious, like, do you find that that happens to you or are you just like, it's go time and you can sit down and just get it out? Um, I, I do think that it takes me longer to write it, but I'm one of those people that I have a television camera in my head. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. I'm like seeing and 
So there will be times when I'm in the middle of a scene and a kid will walk in and, you know, apparently my eyes are shut and I've got my hands like, you know, on the back of my head and I'm visualizing and they're like, what are you doing? And I can't tell them what I'm doing. Right. But yeah, you go through all of that. Right. Because you want to make sure that it's going to work and that it would suit that character and that it's going to give the kind of oomph that you need for your character. So, no, it's not easy by any means. And I think the more you write, right, the more challenging it is to keep it original. I completely agree with that. Yes. I was going to, because I was like sitting here going, oh my God, if she tells me the more you write, the easier it becomes, I'm going to just shrivel up and die. No, No. No. exact opposite. Yeah. No. (laughs) Because that's not happening. It's not getting easier. (laughs) Anyone who says that is totally lying. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Maybe for some people, not this one. So it sounds like you're very like tactical, tactical, tacile, I think is the word I'm looking for. Definitely. Um, When you're, when you're writing, I mean, so do you have a process? Well, I tried to do, um, Alexander Sokoloff has this kind of the the breakdown of the three act structure. So I will Mm -hmm. try to go through and at least pull the main points, right? Because otherwise my characters will take me off on a little journey, which I can't do right when you have that many deadlines. So I try to make sure I have kind of guideposts to lead me along the way. And then I try to visualize from the get go how I see them sexually, you know, if they're going to be a slow burn or if it's going to be just off the charts and make sure that from the get go, I've built it that way. So when I get there, it's kind of a a natural thing. Um, It doesn't always work that way, but yeah. (laughs) So it sounds like you're kind of like in between plotting and pantsing. Definitely. All right. You're, what do they call that? The planter? The, yeah, something. Because yeah. if, if I plot it so detailed, like I've heard Susan Mallory goes through each bit and actually puts dialogue in. I feel like I've already read it, written the book. So I can't get excited then. I have to leave some open space, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. I do. I'm sort of similar. It sounds like I probably plot and outline more than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I leave a lot of room and even if, and and if I don't leave a lot of room, it's really funny because I will just go off on a tangent (laughs) and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. I got to turn back around. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, now, now it doesn't work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That can be so much fun. When I was writing that werewolf series, I will never forget it. I was at a writing retreat and I had left that big kind of open space and I'm typing along and I stopped and I looked up at the women that I was writing with and I was like, oh my God, the body's gone. And she started laughing because I was legitimately surprised. Because <laughs> I was like, wow, this is amazing. So it's fun. It can be fun. <laughs> like a dead body was gone? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not dead. Spoiler alert. Oh. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god, that is kind of an exciting revelation. It was it was super exciting. <laughs> and I do love those moments. And you're right. If we plot out, I, I do feel like we leave those, like we lose that oh yeah. The that that sort of like wow feeling that mm-hmm. I hope that our readers get when they read the books. Oh yeah. My yeah. the best reviews I get, even if it's like a one star review and they're angry, hey. I made them feel that way. You know what I mean? I got a visceral response. I prefer it wasn't a one-star review, right. but I try to find that positive side of it, right? right. <laughs> That's really great. I actually like the way you think there. 
would make it makes it hurt a lot less. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. My book, uh, For the Love of Hades, which if you look at the cover, it's a naked clinch against a wall. And it got a one-star review because a woman said, this is the dirtiest book I've ever read. And I'm like, hmm, shocking. Oh, my God. I know. I was like, okay, um, I'm okay with that. But, yeah. Actually, that, that's a one-star review that might sell a few more books. Right? Like it really, like if you're looking for something extra hot and yeah. you read that, you're like, yeah, this is mine. Um, yeah, one click in that sucker. I am. Okay. Um, I want to talk about protecting the wolf's mate. Yes. Which is your shifter, um, yeah. which is from your shifter series. Um, what inspired this story? Well, it was supposed to be a millionaire romance series. And then my editor was like, oh, you know, it would be really fun as if we change this up. And I said, you mean like a billionaire werewolf series? And she's like, yes, write it. And I was like, oh my God. Oh so, my God. So you just crossed. Yeah. Oh, crossed yeah. tropes like crazy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but they were so primal and awesome. And I love writing paranormal, right? Because all of the real life asshole traits that you can't do in contemporary anymore, right? You can't. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all about consent, which I, I applaud 100%. But sometimes it can make really intense, passionate sex scenes not happen. Um, which again, I'm all about consent. Don't don't get me wrong here. But with paranormal, um, it's it's more of a kind of an unspoken thing versus it being a, a frank conversation, which, mm -hmm. gosh, I feel like I now need to keep saying, I'm. you need to do that. But <laughs> in romance, um, there's just that freedom with paranormal, I think, that makes anything go. You know, it's really funny because I actually, um, when we dig into your scene, we're going to mm -hmm. be talking a little bit more about that because it's really um, a conversation that I wanted to have mm -hmm. with you about writing an alpha. Yeah. And, you know, and the directness and how, you know, um, you know, when I submit my books to, to my editors, um, you know, sometimes they come back with, yeah, no. Yeah. He sounds like an asshole. Yes. Yeah. No. And I'm like, no, he's supposed to be alpha. So I kind of feel like I end up not writing alpha. Okay. Yeah. We're totally talking about this oh, yeah. now, but I feel like we're not writing. Like I'm not writing the real alpha hero yeah. because they're, and it's like in the beginning and then it doesn't give him a chance to actually evolve through the book. And you know? I would agree because we're all about this really great character arc, right? So they right. have to start out at a place where they need to be redeemed. I totally get what you're saying. Right, right. You know, it's so funny because like, okay, so I'm in this, I'm in this course. I, I'm I, like, I wasn't going to talk about it, but now I think I am going to talk about it. Like, okay. <laughs> so I'm taking this course um, that is like, it's actually, if you want to be an intimacy coach, mm -hmm. Um, which I don't want to be, but I figured <laughs> it might be really good to like help my romance, like to be, you know, sure. and it was really kind of cool because we did this exercise all around consent and, and so, and sort of like, you know, well, consent and boundaries. Right. right. And so it was about, you know, now they were talking about how now we're at this place where everything has to be a very clear, very yes. verbal consent, but some people don't like to get intimate like that. Really? And they want to, they, they want to go off of like feel right. and, cues. and that's okay too. Yeah. The cues. Yeah. As long as you are able to sort of be very clear when a boundary is hit. I would agree. 
And so that kind of made me a little bit more, I guess, comfortable Mm -hmm. in, in being able to walk that fine line. Because I mean, I don't know, I feel like if I had a book where it was, and I actually kind of made a joke about this in one of my books with like a consent thing, but like, but if I wrote, you know, like this whole, are you okay if I touch you here? Right. Yes. Okay. Are you okay? If you, then that spontaneity and yeah. that really the flow, I feel like as a reader would be interrupted. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember who I read who did something similar to that, but they made it so hot because it was like, is this okay? Is this okay? And he was doing all this stuff and she could barely speak. So it was like, clearly it was okay. But I, <laughs> I wish I could remember who it was. Man, I know. It was because- too hot. I mean, there are definitely ways, and I think that I learned that after this class, like, or, or at least to think about how to make that consent yeah. hot. Yeah. And I yeah. would, but yeah, if you think of it, please email me. I'm kind of very curious <laughs> to read this now. I will. I will. And, you know, but I thought that that was sort of really fast, a, a really interesting way to kind of approach, you know, the idea of consent and knowing that, you know, yeah, now it can be very sticky, um, yes. you know, sticky moment in, yes. in writing. And it's a, and it's a, it's a balance. And don't you think, recently I think that romance has become um, more of a guidepost in a lot of ways so we have to be aware of the way we present things um, because it, it gives off a certain approval rating for people to do certain things that maybe they shouldn't so we have to be aware of consent because of that I think maybe I'm taking it too far I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think it's a really great perspective. Um, And, and I would, and it's not something that I really considered, although Mm -hmm. it would be stupid not to consider it really, you know, because I mean, when you think about like movies and TV and all Mm -hmm. of that, like representation matters, like that's something that we hear again and again. Oh my gosh. And so if, you know, if, of course, representation matters, and that means representation, not only with, you know, uh, race and sexuality yes. and and gender and all of that, but I would imagine also around consent yeah, and, and boundaries and these conversations. Definitely, both. I you know I have two girls and two boys, and for me, my girls reading romance and my boys reading romance, though they would probably not appreciate me saying that they have been um, read some. But for me, it's all about owning your own sexuality, knowing right. what you are comfortable with. Uh, knowing how important it is to be in a relationship with a person you trust to take risks, if that is what you are inclined to do. Um, But it needs to be empowering to me. And so I really hope that when and if they read books that include these kind of things, but it gives them that sense of, okay, I'm in control of my body. I'm with this person that's going to give me that security, but also make me feel good. Right. Um, Right. So, yeah. Right. Well, um, Okay, so so this came about because the shifter romance came mm-hmm. about because you were writing a millionaire story yeah. and your and your your publisher was like, let's shake it up a little. Yeah, so a so were you the one that wanted to write the werewolves, or was she, or did the publisher say you you know, hey, write the why don't we do shifters or you know, pick pick whatever animal you want? It or, was literally just a so instead of just falling for the millionaire and his baby, it's literally um, falling for the billionaire wolf and his baby. And she's like, yes, write that. I love it. I know. I so, had, had and you wanted- I had so much fun. Had you wanted to write a shifter like romance? Was that something that you were kind of like, oh, that might be kind of fun? And here's never my occurred to me. Mm-mm. It just came out. Yep, it That's did. Great. 
<laughs> and I loved it. Oh my gosh. And now that I've, because that's been a few years, that series has been okay. a few years old and I thought, but being close to Halloween, you know, kind of a fun thing. Um, but I miss writing paranormal because I've been writing straight contemporary now for several years. And there's just, again, that kind of freedom and fun yeah. and otherworldliness that uh, I miss. I miss writing it. Is this your only paranormal? No, the Greek mythology series. Um, okay. It's fantasy. And then I right. have a novella that's sci-fi. And I have a whole series plotted out for that. Love, 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 love that novella. But it's, again, about time. You probably know. When you start having books and deadlines, then the things that you would write as an indie person, that has to wait until yeah. you have an opening. And I don't have any right now, which is a great problem to have. Right. But, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm curious, apart from, you know, we're close to Halloween, although I don't know when I'm going to get this, the, public, the podcast out, we might be a little past oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> but listeners, we're near Halloween. Um, I'm curious, why did you pick this particular scene? What is um, it about this scene? I love that Ellen, who is the heroine in this one, um, right? This is Hollis and Ellen. Yes. Sure. Yes. Um, well, he has been resistant. Okay. Like he is trying to fight who he is and she just won't listen. So it's kind of a role reversal really to me. Okay. Uh, Ellen was kind of the alpha in this story and she won't put up with any of his crap. <laughs> so this scene was after he has really ticked her off and basically been kind of like, um, I'm not going to give in no matter what you do. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to stay this person who, because he has a heart murmur, he can't shift. So he has this oh. internal wolf, but he's ignoring it because, yeah. So she, because when in my, my series, they talk to each other, their internal wolf and the person. So her okay. wolf is like, dude, we could totally get him to shift. He's fighting him kind of thing. So there's been this back and forth and back and forth and this high stakes kind of refusal. And he finally can't take it. And he comes home from the lab where he's actually trying to find a cure and sees her dancing with this guy and goes off. And so he gives up. And that's the scene. <laughs> oh my God. I love, do you know, um, I think, I think it's Faith Hunter. Do you know her work? I don't. Okay. Um, I hope, I hope it's Jane Yellow Rock. I think Jane Yellow Rock is like a vampire hunter, but okay. I, I think she's also a panther, like a, 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 oh, cool. a were panther. Uh -huh. Um, I, I might be confusing series, but she's got her, um, uh, her, 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 her were her well it's not a shifter it's not a wear but it's her panther. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't remember what it's called now um but it <laughs> has that internal conversation you yeah. kind of have that you see that um conversation between her and her and her beast which yes. is actually really cool to read yeah. so that just kind of like reminded me of it I was like oh I love that <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's four people versus just two so uh, yeah <laughs> so now um with Hollis, you said he he is denying his attraction to Ellen. Is that what we have going yes. on here? Yeah, okay. because basically um, once you mate, that's your mate. And so his thing is he's going to cure them. This isn't going to apply. He doesn't want to do this. He can't shift, so he's never really connected. He's just been driven to try to cure his pack um, because – it my um the way it happened in my series is a little bit different. Their their alpha was actually 
on a dig site and fell on a bone and that's how he was infected. So mm. they have only been werewolves for, I think about 10 years. So they're okay. new. Um, okay. And this longstanding pack is trying to annihilate them because they're kind of like, what are you? Where did you come from? All that good stuff. So Hollis is like, well, if I cure us, then this is not an issue and we can all pretend this never happened. Um, it doesn't quite go that way, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'm guessing too, then he must have some pushback from the pack because I would imagine there are some or perhaps all that absolutely love being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now they, they all are resistant. I mean, there's the two, this is the third book. So the first right. two books you have the alpha and then you have Mal who is honestly my favorite. Oh my God. He's just amazing and the first word in that book and the last word in that book are fuck so there you go he's just a great <laughs> character um but so they've all lost something pretty substantial because of this because um they couldn't control themselves in the beginning so one lost a fiance one lost a brother i mean really negative connotations but at the same time um now that these people have, or that the others, the, the bad wolves have been after them, they have this purpose to basically get even for all the hell that they have done to them. So they have slowly acclimated towards their way of life, but I don't think any of them would have resisted if Hollis had come up with something. He doesn't, but spoiler. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they're still straddling that line of, is this good? Or are we bad kind of thing? Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so let's um, let's dig in. Let's dig into your your excerpt. I just also want to say you are my very first shifter romance interview. Oh, yay! <laughs> so I'm wondering, is there and because you do write in so many different you know tropes, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, is there anything you take into consideration when writing the intimate scenes for a shifter romance versus like just regular old humans? Right. Well, I think that in this one, I, I wanted to be very aware of the, because to me, the wolves are almost like you're it, right? You're that primal side of you. So I tried to make sure to keep them kind of present as far as that okay. whole needing that fulfillment, that connection, that bond to be forged. forged. Um, there was, in one of the books, there's a scene where they're both like wolves and Mal says, we're not doing this because wolves don't use condoms and I'm not getting you pregnant. <laughs> so we address these things. Um, but yeah, I think it was kind of the combination of these are animals and when they're animals, they need to act like animals. Um, yeah. And when they're humans, they have that animal on the inside, but they're keeping them in check, even though they can hear them and they're yelling at them to do things. Um, you know, there's that balance. So it's sort of interesting because this this scene mm -hmm. that you sent me um, is in in the male point of view. Mm -hmm. It's it's. Um, do you also have um, Ellen's point of view as well? Yes. So you're essentially though writing four points of view. Yes, exactly. If you count the if you if you separate the animal and the human. Yeah. Which I would. Yeah. Yeah, oh I mean, God. the way I have it, I don't have them completely separated as much as the thought. So when mm -hmm. you're in Ellen's point of view, whenever it's the italicized, it's the wolf talking to her. But okay, it's yeah. very apparent, you know, the differences. Right, right. So Ellen is pretty raw. She's a pretty um, upfront kind of ferocious woman. I think she's just awesome. I loved writing her. She's the strongest woman I've ever written. Um, so, yeah. 
Cool. All right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to dig right in here. Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) One tug tore her panties free. His hand slid the fabric of her dress up, revealing her abdomen and the prize between her legs. Scars crisscrossed every inch of her. Faint, flat, white, so many. Where had he been when this had happened to her? Why hadn't he been there to protect her? He'd kill Cyrus for this, no matter what. Ownership rose up. She was his now. No one would ever lay a hand on her again, ever. His hands stroked across her stomach and up her side. Sensation was all that mattered, and pleasure, her pleasure. Whatever her past, her future was his. He'd make damn sure he'd put her first, starting now. I thought this was beautiful. I was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And, and it's sort of like, you know, you know, he's this alpha. Yeah. Um, and I think though, like, again, like this could be sort of, no, it couldn't be perceived as, as like unhealthy possessiveness. Like, I don't think so, but I do think again, you've got this very fine line, right? Yeah, like, totally. Like I did not perceive that as right. unhealthy possessiveness. So how, you know, and like I said, when I write a, you know, something like that, my editors are like, are you sure about that? <laughs> I mean, so is it more a leeway with, with the alpha, with a shifter romance? I or, think so. I do. Or, like, would you be this possessive in a normal, like a normal, a, a human <laughs> encounter? No. No, even because most of my contemporary, my men are not alpha, alpha, probably the most alpha guy, male, he was pretty alpha and seducing the best man. Yeah, he gets, he gets pretty (laughs) territorial. Hmm, Come to think of that. Yeah. So maybe. (laughs) So how do you, how do you dance? How do you walk that line? Because it's something I really struggle with. And I feel like my heroes are not as alpha as I would like them to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's because I try to word it in such a way where they say it and they do have that line that they cross, but then they realize, oh my God, what are you doing? You can't do that. So it's like a self check. So it's there and you hear it and you're like, oh my gosh, kind of become a puddle because it's super hot. But then he was like, I can't do that. So you know what I mean? It's there. It's said, but he also realizes he can't, that that crosses a line. So it's a self-realization. So it's sort of like he's able to keep himself in check, even yes. though he's he doesn't want to. Of, right. But yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. So here's, here's another little bit. He bent pressing open mouth kisses to her bare back as he slowly pulled her zipper down. I'm like fanning myself. I love this moment. <laughs> His hand stroked the swell of her ass, the muscles of her thighs, lips, then tongue, traced the valley between her shoulders and nuzzled the nape of her neck. The taste of sweat, salt, and Ellen had his dick pulsing against the seam of his pants. Now, this is a way to write taking off your clothes. <laughs> well, thank Absol- you. I absolutely loved this moment. And it's like you could like, and I could actually sort of visualize mm-hmm. what was happening as it happened. It mm-hmm. was truly, truly amazing. I was like, oh, this is so great. (laughs) There are times, God love my sweet husband, because he is, he is an engineer. He is, his mind works in a completely different way. And I will come to him. He's going to be so mad at me that I said this out loud. (laughs) Um, I'll come to him like when he's, he's been mowing the yard or he'll come in and, you know, that's that whole sweaty kind of thing. And I'm like, just stand there for a minute. I just need to do this and see, but you know how I feel kind of thing. And he's like, 
Yeah. So it's true because if you think about it, you know, the, the visceral responses are so important. And if they're not natural, which I think you have to feel when you're writing them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like to close my eyes and really feel it and sense it. And, you know, what would Hollis be doing and feeling and what would Ellen be feeling and wanting? And hopefully it comes across on the page. Oh my God. It absolutely does. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's see. Going down a little bit more. Okay. Here we go. His hand slid along her sides, cupping her breasts, working her nipples before gripping her hips. Once more, he was driven, grinding her against him, binding her close, them close. He wanted her to fall apart, to scream his name. He needed it now. He reached between them, one finger stroking and working her over until she cried out. Rough and raw, her nails bit into his chest and sent his release crashing into him. He came hard, powering into her, arching swiftly until the spasms began to fade. She fell to his side, gasping. He pulled her against him, the newness of their connection demanding no space between them. She didn't argue. Her head rested on his chest, her fingers stroking along his collarbone as she lay, soft and pliant against him. He lay still, his heart thundering and his mind spinning. Okay, this was totally hot. <laughs> totally, totally hot. What I loved about this too, and, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit, is the, is the balance here between the graphic parts mm -hmm. and the non-graphic parts. So it's like describing the act and mm -hmm. being pretty graphic about it versus the feeling and i think that there's is sort of like a really you have like such a great balance here oh, thank and you. so i'm wondering like how do you get to that how do you get to that balance um honestly a lot of it is because like what we were talking about i think that um you know the insert tab into you know slot a kind of thing right. that's the kind of thing that gets stale so inserting the personal tenderness between your actual characters is what makes that act unique to them. Right. Okay. That totally makes sense. And, but how do you like, I mean, I guess, is it more of like a, a intuition, I guess would be the word for it when you're actually writing yeah. um, and you're sort of saying, okay, is this too much of the graphic and not enough of the feeling too much of the feeling Not like, is it just at the, at that point intuition and sort of go by, by your own feeling for yes. it or, Definitely. Okay. Right. Because I trust my editor to come back and say, hello, this is way too much, or this isn't enough. Okay. And so I do think having um, an editor you trust is so important when you're writing stuff like that, right? Right. Right. Absolutely. Whew. So yeah. Oh my God. That was, um, this was great. I'm, you know, I don't read, I don't think I've ever read a shifter romance. I've read shifter urban fantasies, but okay. I've never read a shifter romance. And this is inspiring me to read your series. Oh, Thank I you hope very you like it. Much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you just need to give me your mailing address. You can email it and I will send you the whole series. Cause I have, I have an author set. I would happily send to you. Oh my God. Thank yeah. you so much. That would be awesome. <laughs> I, I just, I'm like, I was like, cause I don't know, like, I always felt like, oh, I don't know if I'd like, you know, I'm not sure if I'm like into like, well, and I always often said that about shifter books just with urban fantasy. Cause that's where I started was yeah. writing urban fantasy. Um, 
And I was, and I was always kind of like, ah, with zombie and shifters, those were the two. And then I started reading them and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I actually really like that. Like, I was like, I mean, I still say I hate zombie books. Oh, is that a zombie book? Please. I will read it. But I'm like, One of my I hate all-time them. favorite covers ever was White Trash Zombie. Have you seen the cover? <laughs> I, yes, I've seen that. Oh cover. my god, I love that cover. Oh, anyway, so yeah, no. yeah, I'm like famous for that. I'm like, I hate zombie books. Oh, I'll read that. <laughs> I have a YA zombie fairy tale book that I want to write really badly someday. Oh, someday. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, you know, like I hate zombies. Let me binge watch The Walking yeah. Dead. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yes, one of my favorite movies ever. Twenty eight days later, watch yes. it every yes. time it's on. <laughs> but every I time. hate zombies. I hate them. Yeah. And the, and then it was sort of like the same with with shifters. I was like, oh, werewolves. Oh. Yeah, you know. And then I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, I'll, yeah, Jane Jane Yellowrock. Let me keep reading. <laughs> so it's just so stupid because I'm always like, I hate this. Let me read this. <laughs> you don't hate this. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so it's just sort of like me being stupid and not reading a shifter romance and then being like, you should. But I also think, you know, it can get dicey because, you know, shifters not, you know, done badly. Right. Can also, you know, turn things. I can. I agree. Now, Patricia Briggs was one of my all time favorites um, with with the werewolves. She just was really great about keeping things raw and visceral. And so she definitely kind of impacted the way I wanted this pack to interact with each other. Okay. All right. That makes sense then. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Yeah. Um, so, oh, thank you so much. Yes. I would absolutely love to read the series. I love the premise too, that they were, that it was like being stabbed by yes. a bone in an yeah. archaeological dig set this yeah. whole thing off, which I yeah. think is so great to have that backstory. Yeah. It was different. Cause I knew when she said werewolves, I was like, I never thought I would write a werewolf and how can I make this different? Right. Um, yeah. so I was like, so if this happens and then he attacks his best friends when he's blood crazed, he's going to have all this awesome guilt. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's how it started. And what, where did you get the idea for it being like on the, on the dig and like being stabbed? Like that's like really inspired to like come up with that. Honestly, I don't know. I just was looking at different ideas for origination. And my whole thing was, um, I love history. And so when I was reading like my Greek mythology and I have a couple other myth stories that I wanted to write. And one of them was based on a shaman and this bone fragment and how it still contained the soul of this very powerful being. And I was like, why couldn't that happen? Why couldn't that bone actually be older than their rival pack? And that's why they want to kill them is because if they ever realize the power that they have is the true source, then they can decimate everybody. So that's how it kind of came about. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's such an amazing backstory. (laughs) That's so cool. (laughs) Well, and I feel bad because there are two other wolves in the pack and I, you know, I was like, are we ever going to write them? But it's been a while and you know, they didn't ask for the other two. I've thought about doing it on my own, but then again, you know, time. Yeah. Time. (laughs) Time. Yeah. I hear you. I totally hear you. It's always the thing. So, um, I think I didn't, uh, where, where, where'd it go? Oh yeah. I didn't ask this question before and I'm very Uh curious to, to ask this to you. What do you think makes a sex scene good? Like what are the elements that you want to have in there? Um, I, when I'm reading it, I want to have that 
rosy flush, you know, that kind of actual visceral response. And I think that it doesn't have to actually be the sex. If the chemistry is there and that want that throb is making you want and throb, then you've got an off the chart scene. Obviously, yes, that the interaction is going to take it home. But um, I think that hum, you know what I'm talking about, that throb. Yeah. yeah. You have to have that or you're not going to make it work. Right. And so, and do you sort of feel that same way in terms of, um, in terms of like writing? That's what you're trying, that's what you're always trying to emulate, I guess, while you're writing. Definitely. Yeah. If I, I don't cry, then I know that scene isn't going to be, you know, it's an emotional scene, but it's not where it needs to be. Um, I really want to go through the experience so that hopefully that translates onto the page. I I think it does. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) You've made my day. (laughs) So, Sasha, where can people find you? Um, I'm online, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm at Sasha Writes on Twitter, but I'm Sasha Summers on Facebook and Instagram. And my website is SashaSummers.com. So super easy. I will throw out there that there is another Sasha Summers and she's a porn star, but that's not me. So That's kind of cool. Yeah. I know, kind of funny, right? I know. It's like, hmm. But yeah, she actually came along after I had started writing. And I guess she just was like, I have to be like this amazing romance writer, Sasha Summers. Just kidding. No. That's great. Well, I will have all links to your um to your various uh online presences thank in you. the show notes too for anybody who wants to go thank you, thank um, you. check that out um without using the old Google. Sash, thank you so much for doing this. This was really amazing to have you. This was so much fun. Thank you. I would happily come back anytime. It was a great time. Have- I'll happily have you back. You know, I think, you know, actually, this is really cool. I was talking about this with Samantha Chase, Mm -hmm. and she wants to do this. Um, And you would be a fun perspective. She thinks that I should put together a panel of writers who write various heat levels. Oh, yeah. So, like, inspirational slash sweet. Samantha closes the door. Okay. Um, she she writes and her stuff gets really steamy and mm-hmm. then the door closes and it's like oh, <gasps> nice. Oh yeah. Um and then and then like straight up all the way to like erotica. Yeah. So I so um I want to do that sometime. I'm totally inspired to do that and I would love to have you take yes, part in that. Please. Please Excellent. happily. Yay! Cool. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Sign up to get email alerts when a new one goes live at lgreco.rocks. And don't forget to five-star us on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next time.